This might be an unpopular opinion, but I got something I need to share with you today. Do you mind if I tell you a story? You see, one thing I love about negative stakeholders, or you can just say negative people in general is, is that you have an opportunity to learn from them at the same time, if they decide to open up their mind, they can learn from you. You see, recently, I just knew I just made it. What do you mean, ED? What do you mean you just made it? Well, see, I had a comment left by a gentleman, or I should say a person named Zach, and he said, clickbait. I said, ooh, that's harsh, Zach. But I said, thank you for your response, but it wasn't clickbait. It was a clip from the do's and don'ts regarding CapM and the full video should have been attached. So what I had to do, family, is I went and did my homework and I looked and it said that the video, the full version of the video was actually in play. But Zach did have a point. He, he was right. Even though that wasn't my approach to make it clickbait, my approach was to say, hey, this is the introduction to the video. I really want you guys to go check out the full video. And see, as a project manager, when you are trying to actually lead your team, your stakeholders, sometimes communication paths can get crossed. And when communication paths get crossed, meaning what you intended to articulate may not have been received the way that you intended it. So that's why today's episode is entitled Identifying Negative Stakeholder Feedback and watch this family turning the table again, identifying negative stakeholder feedback and turning the table. If you're new to the channel, I go by the name of ED for all you smart and intelligent folk, folks out there. I'll make it simple. It just simply means it. I have an eight point framework in which I go through eight points, which I am trying to articulate the title here in which we're going to go into today. First point, feedback loop enhancement. See, this is a continuous process uh, of improvement, basically by giving, taking real data in real time and giving feedback. Have you ever noticed when you get ready to do your performance appraisals or, or your performance reviews or anything like that, and it's in like six months or uh, eight months increments, sometimes it's even a year, and then you're sitting there, you're like, man, I don't even remember these goals or the things that I, I said that I was going to do performance-wise, and you, and, and it's not in real time. I had a manager, amazing manager, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, family, I had an amazing leader, and what this leader would do is, Every, every 30 days, we would take the things that we said we were going to do or the things that were, were uh, asked of us in our performance appraisals, and we would talk about them during our one-on-ones. Hey, ED, where are you at on this particular initiative that aligns? And normally, the projects would really align with whatever the performance goals were. And that way, by the time we got to the 12-month mark, it was easier for us to have a better conversation instead of waiting to the end of the year or every six months or eight months or whatever that frequency is. By, by talking about it on a monthly basis, that gave us 12 opportunities in order to have a better uh, discussion. And sometimes with your stakeholders, giving them real-time feedback instead of waiting to the end of the a project like we do that sometimes with lessons learned when we should be doing that throughout the whole project of really having that that conversation with our stakeholders let's move on to point number two stakeholder participation listen I'm, I'm what if you guys haven't noticed you know that if you've been following me 
one of one of my three biggest favorites are, I'll just tell you. So my favorite is communication, collaboration, and concentration. I don't know. I don't know why the why those C's, but no, seriously, collaboration and communications. Communication is huge for me, and that's why it's important with stakeholder participation that you ensure that you're involving stakeholders. Stop excluding people because you don't think they can add value, and you never even took the time to see if they can add value. Please, family, start doing more of a collaborative approach. If you're seeing one of your stakeholders struggling, see how you can support them, not in a way to try to uh, make them look less than really attacking their pride in a sense, but really coming out with trying to be that assistance, that guidance that they can need. And most of the time, what you will realize is if you can really remove those impediments or stake uh, or those constantly emails or things like that that is interrupting what they're trying to focus on for you they will really truly appreciate you more and i'm gonna even give you another one having a lot of meetings about the same thing we just discussed a day ago which is nothing has changed so having the authority to say you know what I'm going to cancel this meeting. I'm going to let you get back to doing what you're doing because there's no value here. This is the same information we discussed a day ago or two ago. Now, if something has changed, more definitely you want to ensure that you bring that, that particular uh, stakeholder on board. Now, this is, this, is a, this is an interesting one that I thought of, of methodological, or I should say methodical action. What does that mean, ED? Now you're trying to get all smart on us. No, 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 no. Family, this involves uh, being able to analyze and analyze the root causes, not the surface area. I know we do a lot of surface area problem solving, but the root cause, meaning, and then watch this family, finding actionable strategies in which will allow us to rectify the issues. Sometimes we don't even focus on that family. We we just say, okay, here's, here's an actionable item, and then we just let the person go on about their way instead of being that guidance, being that leader, being someone that is really involved and not and not just, or you know my favorite, is committed and not really interested. So taking more a methodological or a, I said methodological, a methodical, I don't know why I always want to say that, a methodological uh, approach to it, it really acknowledge is the feedback from your particular state, your, your stakeholder. Um, and in this case, we're talking about negative feedback. How do you handle that? Well, you handle it with, uh, I always say you handle it with care gloves because again, sometimes you don't know what someone is going through and maybe there's a disconnect in the information and we need to ensure that there's a connection. Now, when you when you connect the, the information or as Steve Jobs talked about, you connected all of the dots and you're still getting that, that type of that type of energy. Now, this is a different conversation where we can talk at another video. Strategic compass. This is point number four. Listen, it really shines light on having the ability to lay out a strategic or I should say having the ability to ref refinite or to really um, have a transformational aspect of looking at the demand from your stakeholders. Sometimes there's deficiencies with regards to resources and being able to ensure that you can set set uh, your stakeholder up for success by providing the, the proper resources. Now, here's the here's a caveat on that as well. Maybe they maybe you you can't provide the certain resources or 
maybe they had you originally had all of these resources that was supposed to be part of it and now they're not what do you do at that point this is when you start going to fight for other resources and when i mean fight going to negotiate with with the leaders of that particular department uh, or even escalating it up to your to your leadership uh, path or through your pmo whatever that escalation path is of what you guys decided on within your communication plan but it's definitely it's, it's definitely important though family that being able to have a compass or strategic compass it really allows you to put systems and processes in place to really have a, a, a successful project and dealing with a negative stakeholder point number five catalyst of catalyst of improvement or I should say catalyst for improvement instead instead of seeing uh, the negative feedback as a hindrance See, is there a way that you can take that and transform and have a transformational approach as far as fostering an environment that allows to be adaptable and allows to be able to develop a, uh, a successful progress of moving forward? One of the things I always say, we have to keep a windshield mentality while also um, sustaining a rear view approach. Mm. What I'm saying there, family, is, is that we have to always continue looking forward, but we look in the rear view mirror just for a quick moment to see what happened behind us. What are the things we could have done better? And then taking that information and applying it in a forward approach. So being adaptable within your project, even if it's a predictive uh, type uh, project, which is basically what I'm saying is a waterfall project, if the if it's just not working, well, less, that's why they have a process in place, what we call the change management board and go through the change management and document it. And, and you'll be surprised, you know, when one of the things, one of the techniques, man, I'm giving a good gem here. One of the techniques I used to uh, leverage and still leverage to this day, someone comes up with a particular solution or propose a particular solution. I say, hey, okay, let's get a team vote. Does, do, does the team want to do this? And if and now let's say that they say, okay, hey, let's test it out and see. That's the key word. Let's test it out and see what happens. That's why the, the Scrum framework for me is one of my favorite frameworks when it comes to definitely if you're running application type projects because this gives you a window as a time box hey let's let's run a two-week sprint or a month sprint and see what comes out of what's the output we get out of this if it's not what we need let's throw it away and when i say throw it away document what we did because i've seen scrum masters just literally throw information away and they've lost that 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 wisdom that they've they've come to i mean come to learn but document like okay that didn't work let's let's test it again and having that ability to have as we're talking about for point number five a catalyst for improvement you're always wanting to look ways to improve your projects as you're leading them and dealing with a negative stakeholder point number seven uh six a diverse origins what does that mean that's a good question see this truly addresses the ability to to collect uh feedback in a diverse way being able to have that diverse approach of how you would move forward with regards to saying there's more ways to do this instead of doing it just one way i kind of mentioned that on the on the on the last point 
but having a just being versatile in a sense and just not just getting caught up in your own way. Sometimes as a project manager and we're leading a project, we can get caught up in our own way. And the way that the stakeholder is recommended, it may it may be definitely valuable, not even just to the project of what we're working on. This may even benefit other project managers and other projects. So we have to have that that ability to take collect that feedback even if we don't apply it but document it where in our lessons learned register because this is something i always tell people man oh man I'm, I'm telling you that lesson learned register is really a vital project artifact for you to be able to use in your you know adding to your tool belt when you're actually leading projects and being able to take just multiple voices of what people think would be a, a great attribute to the project and not just discarding it like, oh, that's not going to work. So really, family, uh, being able to, to deal with negative stakeholders, sometimes people just want to be heard and wanting to be heard is, is really what what drives what I should say is to my next point of being able to want to be heard of point number seven. Being able to want to be heard is is key. When you want when project uh, when stakeholders are in meetings, most of the time they don't want to be there because it's the same boring meeting. Okay, let's go over the risks. Let's go over the issues. Let's go and instead of saying, hey, you know, once a week at, at, at let's say we're meeting uh, twice a week and we're say, hey, okay, on our Tuesday meeting. We're going to cover, you know, the standards, which is, you know, the risk issues and, and activity on our on our, our Thursday or Friday meeting. We'll cover the same items, but we're going to freshen this up a little bit. Hey, how do you think we should do? How do you think we should be able to uh, adjust the timeline of trying to do an innovative approach? What are some recommendations that you have? See, this gets people thinking instead of not uh, being in a space where they're just doing the same thing, the same routine. And sometimes when you're doing the same routine and not switching it up, it, it just becomes mundane. It becomes one of those things like you're just there and it's like blah. And as, and as a project manager, you're just sitting there like, oh my God, what, let, me, let me see what time, what time is this meeting going to end? Because we, we need to wrap this up because I'm getting tired. I, I might need to get a five hour energy drink or a C4 just to stay up because of the fact that it is boring. So family, let's make sure that we are making sure that the voices from our stakeholders are being heard. And if we're not leveraging some of the information that they're pro providing us, where are we gonna put this? We're gonna put this in the lessons learned register. Point number eight, this is a shocking one for you family. Reason why I say it's shocking because it's so simple, we don't, we don't do it. Taking that negative feedback that we get from our stakeholders and communicating it out, documenting it via email or uh, and sending it out to the rest of the team. Now, I know that scares a lot of people when I say that, but sometimes we don't have the option or, you know, sometimes we don't have the option to be able to um, go back and forth with someone. So being able to document it via email Maybe this will make a not maybe this will make the stakeholder be be heard and if they want to be heard They want to be seen here's an opportunity for them to be heard and seen and they may even come over top of the email and say 
Yes, this is exactly what I was recommending. This is the frustration I'm having. Thank you for having the courage to send this out because I've been feeling this way and I'm tired of talking in silos where nothing is getting accomplished. I'm tired of talking to people that are not doing things about it. So now we put it in your hands, Mr. or Mrs. Project Manager, do something about it. So family, I hope you enjoy those eight. And again, when you have a negative stakeholder, first stop to see where they're coming from. As I mentioned, Zach had something to say about saying it was clickbait. I had to stop before I responded to understand, was he right? But if he's not right, then we need to address that appropriately. And what? Turn the table. So family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I go by the name of E.D. and you know my motto, my slogan, I'm out.